and welcome to The Haunting Hour. My name is Ryan Brown, your co-host here at The Haunting Hour, and joined as always, alongside my brother Tyler. Ty, what's up? Ryan, I have a loaded question for you to start the podcast this evening. I love me a loaded question. Let me hear it. Because we just listened to Ice Nine Kills' acoustic song, Jason's Mom. Jason's Mom has got it going on with a body count that rivals her son's. In the horror world, Mm -hmm. name a chick that you want to hook up with. Courtney Cox, Scream 2. That like you had that on the front of your brain. So hot, so unbelievably attractive. Other than that, maybe a scream three. I can't remember. Um, but other than that, horror girl. Well, scream two and scream three were like early two thousands. Mm-hmm. And you know what that means? Whoa! No bras, man. You ever seen Friends? <laughs> that was actually, I guess, late nineties into the early two thousands. That was. The hottest trend that's ever become a thing. Actually, up until the underboob. All right. Hey, we got to bring that back. I like it. Um, other than that, I really can't think of any, no like super hot chicks come out of horror in my opinion. Other than actually the chick in the descent, the blonde girl, very hot too. I like her. Especially okay. covered in all like blood. Yeah. Do a little spelunking with her? No, never, ever, ever, ever doing that in my entire life. Hate it. How about you? I have two. Number one would be jennifer from jennifer's body mm. aka miss megan fox who is a fox i'm jealous of machine gun kelly not gonna lie and then number two would be um the cult leader of the babysitter the netflix huge hit oh yeah that's right didn't you pick her for something else too i think we were talking about it yeah so that's just kind of what um initiated in me the question mm-hmm. i was like you know what we haven't talked about chicks i mean we've talked about Ways You Want to Die, we've talked about favorite villains, we've talked about ranking villains, but we've never really talked about chicks that we want to bang from scary movies. Yeah. I'm going to have to, I'm keeping my eyes peeled now. Every horror movie I'm going to watch going to be like, mm-hmm, there's one. The Wait, list goes on. How about um, Lorraine Warren? Yep. Anyways, Patrick Wilson star of that film. Who be kidding? That's <laughs> fair. <laughs> stud. You want to bang him? <laughs> Tap those brakes. I'll swing for that team. Not that there's anything wrong with that. <laughs> but yeah, no, anyways... I'm trying to think of a good way to word this. Oh my god, wait, I wanted you to wear your cowboy hat tonight, your straw one. It's upstairs in the closet. Oh, you should probably go grab that. Save a horse, ride a cowgirl. But anyways, you're going to have to put that bad boy on and um, set your compass for weast. For we, uh, <laughs> um, What kind of compass are you reading, lad? He's like, this one, sir. This one, sir. And he's like, um, east? I thought you said weast. That's west. <laughs> <laughs> and then he says, you're fired again. <laughs> <laughs> but anyways, you're going to grab your compass, point that bad boy due west. And we're going to be hitting the Gold Coast kind of a little bit. And then we're going to head straight up north because we're heading to some western ghost towns. Grab your horse, baby. Here we go. I really wanted to do a yeehaw, but I bet on the audio <laughs> it would have been really, really bad. Yeehaw, baby. Yeehaw. Also, if anybody's never seen the movie The Magnificent Seven, probably my favorite western movie of all time. Um, the remake. Unbelievable. Gets me so pumped up to do anything regarding westerns like drink whiskey or shoot a gun but we're gonna be talking about a lot of that tonight i'm a big fan of django as far as westerns go yeah that movie's freaking awesome (laughs) i guess that's south yeah like south slash southwest but i also agree with ryan uh magnificent seven was magnificent we are going to be talking tonight all about the ghost town that is known as bannock montana 
Our Ghost Adventures fans, I know we got a lot of them out there. They do a fantastic episode of this for like season six or something, but um, they always catch their best evidence in Western like episodes. Whether it would be like Bannock, they catch like Wicked Good Apparitions or Virginia City, which we're going to be talking about tonight, or the Goldfield Hotel where they had like the rocks thrown at them. So my question for you, why do you think ghost towns or Westerns ghost towns are so unbelievably haunted? Off the top of my head, I would say there's a more abundance of ley lines out there. I have no idea if that's true. Hmm. Okay. Well, I just feel I feel like it's kind of like fault line where out west there might be more of these ley lines. And you think that sparks the paranormal activity? Yeah, or it just is a proverbial lighthouse to spirits. Oh, like, hey, let's go here. Right, or they're just more apt to staying around ley lines. Like, they can actually feed off of those energies and they can stay wherever they died or mm-hmm. wherever that traumatic event happens to them. Cool. I like that theory. We're going to talk about that a little bit more as this goes on. Yeah, I have no idea, though. No clue. <laughs> All right, so we're going to be uh, dialing the clock back a little bit here. We're going to be going to the mid-1800s. So we're going to start the story here in 1848. And this is when the huge California gold rush started. And this is when James Marshall found the first gold in, I'm going to butcher this name, it's such a hard one, Colomo, California. And uh, this is where the first gold was found during that time. And news of this gold and how he found it brought over 300,000 people to California in search for their fortune. If I was in that time, I'd be like, hey, let's go find some gold, let's get rich. And then all you got to do is bring a pickaxe and, or a, yeah, pickaxe and some sifting stuff to find some gold. Wait, was it fortune or fortune and glory? Both. <laughs> Little combination. Nice. Now, this is the most prominent case of a gold rush in United States history that probably all of us learned about in middle school or high school. But there's also a smaller, not as well-known gold rush that happened in the United States right around the same time. And this was known as the Montana Gold Rush, and it started in 1852. That's when the first gold was found in Montana, and this ignited a little bit of a wildfire for people who were not doing as well in California or other people around the country said, let's not go to California because everybody's going there. Let's go to Montana. We'll probably have a better shot at finding this fortune, this gold. But the true Montana gold rush didn't start until 10 years after the first gold was found there. So the year is 1862, and gold was found along the Grasshopper Creek in the town of Bannock, Montana. Now, miners from all around the country, including those guys who were not doing so well in California, decided to pack up and take all of their things to Bannock, Montana in search of this gold. So soon the hills and surrounding areas of Bannock was filled with roughly 10,000 miners who came here to search for this gold. So not long after the town itself became settled and known as Bannock, a man named Henry Plummer moved into town. And if you guys watch the Ghost Adventures episode, they talk about him a lot. I watched the episode the other day. But he was a very suave, good-looking, well-spoken man who came into town. And this allowed people to put their trust in him. And they were like, hey, this is an upstanding citizen. This guy knows what he's talking about. Let's elect him as the sheriff of Bannock to keep the peace for all these miners. That's how you get elected to be a sheriff. It is in the Old West. There's no rules. Actually, it was funny. I was watching, and here we go again, uh, Pest of the West, ironically, yesterday. SpongeBob. SpongeBob episode. But what happened to this guy? What's it, what was his uh, last name? Plummer. Yeah. Henry Plummer. So he walks into town, mm-hmm. right? Good looking dude, reputable guy, <laughs> and they give him like literally the um, triangle badge to be the sheriff. The same thing happens to Dean. Same- Dean oh, and- Winchester in the episode, remember? Because the sheriff ends up getting killed by the Phoenix, and he's like, yes. well, I guess you're the sheriff now. 
But the exact same thing happens to f***ing Spongebob. He walks into <laughs> Deadeye Gulch, and he's like, yeah, I'm here for the fry cook job, and they give him the sheriff's uh, badge, and he's the sheriff. Right, and doesn't he drink milk in that episode for some reason? And he gets hammered. <laughs> oh, milk? Two per scene. <laughs> Fantastic episode. I didn't realize that this had actual merit, though. That's insane. That yeah, maybe that's walk. where the guy, uh, maybe that's where they got their inspiration for Spongebob. I believe episode. it. But yeah, he just walked into town. He's a good-looking dude, well-spoken. People were like, yeah, let's give this guy the sheriff's job. Sounds a lot like me. Uh, hey, well, <laughs> when you go on a QB club later, uh, let's see if you get elected as anything. Okay, if anyone's the sheriff of that bar, <laughs> it's you. It's me. All right. All right, so first question for you tonight. When you have a bunch of men coming to a town in search of gold that it's free for anybody, like you just got to find it. So there's probably a lot of tension between the people on where you're posting up, like what land that you're going to go and look for the gold on. Um, that mix, this high tension mixed with booze, weapons, and women. What do you think is going to happen in a, in a small Western town like this? Murder. Murder. <laughs> in any town, not even a small Western one, in any town, if you put those combustible elements together, you're going to get some problem. Right, exactly. And that's one of the reasons I think Western towns are so unbelievably haunted is because you have so, so much high tension and so much like egotistical people fighting over certain things. And then when you mix a lot of whiskey or moonshine and then brothels and you get in one argument, somebody's pulling out a gun, you're getting shot in the head. Or if you steal somebody's like gold or you bet something on a poker game and you like found out that you were cheating or you weren't being like a truthful person, you're going to get a gun pulled out on you and see you later. Yeah. I think the biggest issue is that there was no law out there. So right. pulling out your gun and shooting someone I mean, illegal. Yeah, if you do it with the right people around you, you are going to get away with that. 100%. Good segue. Because this Henry Plummer guy didn't end up being a straightforward gentleman. So over the next few months after he became elected sheriff, he led a secret band of road agents called the Innocents. And they ended up terrorizing and murdering travelers who were traveling between Virginia City and the town of Bannock. And over the course of three months, they ended up killing over 100 men. And this was led by the sheriff. This was led by the sheriff. Nice guy. Yep. This guy sounds more and more like me the more we talk about him. <laughs> so then a few months later, in, in December of 1863, miners in the town ended up forming the Montana Vigilantes, also known as the Resilience Committee. And during the next 42 days, they hung 24 members of the Innocents, including Henry Plummer himself. And cool fun fact, one of the members of the Montana Vigilantes was Nathaniel Pitt Langford, who ended up being the first superintendent of Yellowstone National Park. So he was part of that crew who ended up hanging all these guys. Well, it sounds like Henry Plummer had all this sh** coming to him. 100%. Like, it's, it's good riddance with this guy. Yep. So at its peak, Bannock had a population of over 10,000 people, and it had over 60 buildings within the town itself. Of the 60 buildings, this included three hotels, three bakeries, two blacksmith shops, a grocery store, two stables, two restaurants, a brewery, and our favorite, three saloons. They had breweries back then? They had a brewery. But not like our kind of brewery where you walk in and you get beer. Uh, it was probably like a distillery or something and then where they, they had like whiskey and stuff and they probably supplied it, it to the grocery store and the bars. Yes, that makes more sense. Whoever, I'm thinking of like the... Um, Bearhands Brewery right down the road. Like, that is way too high-end for a, uh, a Western ghost town. It was probably just two dudes with, like, a, a still, or, yeah, still in the back, like, making moonshine. That's the job I would want in town. I know. I just 
try it like every single batch. <laughs> so my next question for you, what do you think causes the most amount of disputes in a Western town? Property disputes. I think it's property, like where people are going to post up, especially when you're looking for gold. Or where people are going to look for gold. Yeah. Like, hey, I was here first. No, you no, you ain't. Get out of town. Um, but isn't, is that, does, did, like, any regulations? I'm so confused. I don't think so. It was just this Henry Plummer guy, then once he died. Uh, <laughs> I'm so sure it was already chaos before he died, and now it was just complete anarchy. I'm going to uh, do a little wordplay here. This place was probably the Wild West. And why do you think death is so prevalent? I think the biggest thing is that there's no real repercussions for your actions out there. Right, exactly. And like you said, if you have the right people around you, or if it's just you and one other guy, and you kill him, you just dispose of the body. Nobody's probably going to find you at this time. Yeah, if you shake the right hands, you are green to go. Remember in uh, Magnificent Seven when it's Ethan Hawke and the um, his henchman, the guy with all the knives? Oh, yeah. Remember that they're literally inside a horse, like, stable thing where the horses run around, and it's two two guys just killing each other, like... 1v1, who can pull the trigger faster? But they had a, um, like a verbal agreement. Right. They're like, all right, we're doing it. it. We're going to use real, uh, bullets and you use a real knife. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> oh, so it's like, yeah, no repercussions for your actions in these types of towns. But maybe that's why they are so haunted because there was so much. So in any place, like, let's pick a old fashioned manner. You could have one event. You could have one murder. You could have one, um, not possession, but someone praying to like a voodoo god. Yep. You could have um, like a rape, a suicide. That's one event. But in this town, I bet these events were on just repeat. People were oh. dying. People were like the saloons. People were getting drunk. People were getting shot. Yep. I guarantee it was probably multiple a week. Yeah. So maybe that's, it's like proportional with the actual events that are going on. So the more negative and traumatic events during uh, Spirit's life, Maybe that just resonates more and more if you kind of think about the town itself. Yeah, maybe the town's like, after so many deaths, the town becomes like supercharged with paranormal activity. And then once it releases at the right time, this place is probably nuts. Yeah, it's just crawling with spirits. Um, So the town itself ended up becoming vacant around 1930 and 1940, right before World War II broke out. Um, And this is when gold was no longer being found there on a regular basis. So people decided, hey, packing up and leaving. Let's not stay here. And the town also at that point, with people leaving so frequently, it couldn't sustain itself. So it just pretty much just burnt itself out and everyone just packed up and left. Today, there are only 60 buildings remaining at the property in Bannock. And the site is now known as the Bannock Historic District and was declared a National Historic Landmark in 1961. The town itself sits on the site of Bannock State Park. Sounds like an awesome place to visit, if I'm being completely honest. Yeah, it would be cool if they had a hotel okay, that yeah. you could stay at. That would be really cool. I'm sure there's some surrounding, like, in nearby towns that you can just go travel there for the day or the night. Go to camp out there. Woo, baby, that would be spooky. You've yeed your last hot. <laughs> the amount of whiskey, I would, the amount of Brothers Bond bourbon I would bring oh, there. Oh, my God. No, no, no. You can't have good whiskey when you're out there. Oh, I gotta have the really crappy stuff that Dean and Sam drink. Yeah, Dean's like, I'll take your top shelf whiskey. And the barkeep's like, we only got the one shelf. <laughs> he spits it out. Jesus, Sam is like gasoline. <laughs> the sarsaparilla ain't half bad. But all right, so let's jump into the paranormal activity now. So claims of paranormal activity litter the buildings and surrounding grounds of the Bannock ghost town itself. Um, and claims of orbs, lights passing from building to building, and screams of grown men have been reported on the grounds of Bannock, Montana. 
So not even, you're not even inside the building yet. This is just what they report happens at nighttime around the town. But some buildings there are much more active than others. And this includes one building known as Hotel Mead. And once I show you a picture of this place, unbelievable what it looks like. It's so freaking cool. So the hotel itself was originally built as the courthouse in 1875, but Bannock ended up losing its county seats um, and stature to nearby Dillon, Montana. It was a town right next to it. So they ended up losing a lot of their stature. So Montana closed the courthouse and ended up repurposing it in 1890. So there's about 15 years there that this building just sat vacant in this town. I'm sure a lot of weird probably happened in there every night. So it was repurposed and opened in 1890 as Hotel Mead. Now, in the hotel itself today, cold spots, crying children, and the apparition of a teenage girl is supposed to haunt this building. And the teenage girl believed as a girl by the name of Dorothy Dunn, and she ended up drowning in a pond on the property in the 1800s. And a firsthand account of this, a girl who ended up going to the hotel, and she was on the second floor, and this is what it says. Since then, there have been multiple sightings of the teenage girl wearing a long blue dress on the second story of the old hotel. These reports often come from children, one of which reported stating that the ghost of Dorothy Dunn tried to talk to her. The seven-year-old could see Dorothy's mouth moving, but no sound came out. Dorothy has also been sighted standing in an upstairs window, looking at passerbys. So creepy of a ghost, like an apparition like standing there trying to talk to you, and nothing came out. Yeah, I was thinking maybe it was because she drowned. Like that was oh. her trying to gasp for air. Jesus. Instead crazy. of speaking. Yeah. Uh, which doesn't make it any better. It actually makes it worse. Nope. I hate that. Um, and then finally, the ghost of Henry Plummer has also been reported. He is said to be one of the major apparitions that cause negative um, appearances to people and negative paranormal activities to them. An apparition has been reported multiple times. I don't know why this is so scary to me, but... A man in a black suit with a bowler hat has been reported walking the grounds in between buildings holding a lantern. And this is believed to be the ghost of Henry Plummer himself. I mean, I believe it. He was a dick in life, so why won't he be a dick in death? There you go. Life is cruel. Why shouldn't the afterlife be any different? He um, sounds like the apparition from, oh my god, the Netflix series that, not Blind Manor, the other one. House, uh, the Haunting of Hill House. Oh, yeah. So it sounds like the apparition that haunts um, the younger brother who's who's the drug addict. Oh, yeah. Isn't it do with the top hat or yeah. bowler hat or whatever the hell it yep. is? So that, I mean, minus the, he has a cane in the Netflix show, but throw in a lantern and that sounds exactly like uh, Mr. Plummer. Yeah, and that's spooky because it feels like he's like patrolling the grounds, making sure that nobody's there. That's not supposed to be. And being people who are going there to look for paranormal activity, this ghost is like literally up to haunt you. Scary as hell to me. It would be really cool if the GAC shot down there, or they—I mean, um, they have an episode there. Um, got evidence of. Oh yeah, plumber. There is. Um, it's in the episode. They're in the. They go to the um town during the day, and they're in one of the buildings. And Zach's like filming, and then he turns around, and then a door to like this little cabinet opens up behind him. Um, but then they were doing something else. I don't know if it was somebody else who caught the evidence or if they got it themselves. But they took a picture and there's like a black apparition walking across one of the hallways. And I'm like, that literally looks like a dude in a suit. I'm like, fuck this. That was definitely him then. Yeah. But they get so much good evidence in those Western towns. Um, and I'll give my two cents. And I think it's because these spots are so charged with like what you were saying earlier. So much negativity regarding where you're going to set up to find your gold. If somebody steals your gold. Um, if you're in a saloon and you have like 100 drinks and somebody melts off to you. 
hey, go meet me outside at noon and we'll do the old draw and boom, you're going to die. Then you throw in things like a saloon and um, a brothel or something and then you start fighting over women and then somebody cracks a bottle over your head and a huge brawl breaks out, something like that and X amount of people end up dying that night. Well, that kind of sounds like our, that's once a month for us. Well, true. (laughs) But it's those events. I think they happen so frequently there that these places become so active with paranormal activity. I feel like if you go to one of these places now, you're bound to relive one of those moments that have happened in the past. Well, think about this too. And this just came to me. I have no idea if it has any um, legitimacy, but electricity, let's say spirits are made up of electricity. Mm -hmm. That's a theory. Right. It conducts so much better in dry, arid places. Right. If you put it like in snow or in rain or in a damp place or Mm -hmm. a humid place, it doesn't manifest as well. So these places out west are notoriously dry, notoriously uh, arid. Yeah. So maybe it's just the actual weather, the temperature, the barometric pressure. That causes these things to happen so frequently. It's a good theory. I like it. Or it happens as frequently. It's just they can manifest and we can actually interact with them more than we can on like the northern coast or even the northwestern coast like Seattle, Washington, things like that. Yeah, that's actually a good theory. Maybe if you turn like the AC up and the humidity is like way down in a haunted house, maybe. Or yeah, maybe you're going to get more active. Or you get like a dehumidifier. Yeah. I'm going to I'm gonna propose a scientific <laughs> method on this one. Uh, this come is up a- with a hypothesis, theory, um, and then we could just go through the whole thing. This is a verbal trademark, TM. <laughs> that's actually genius. I love that. Yeah, but maybe that's why this happens so frequently in these types of towns. And I- I've always wanted to visit one like so bad. Bannock would be such a cool place to go check out. I think it also has to do with exactly what you said. There are probably so many unaccounted for, um, unexplained deaths, uh, graves that people don't even know about, murders that are unsolved. 100%. And there's just two guys out by the river early in the morning, and the one guy finds like a huge amount of gold. He's like, oh my god, I found it. And then somebody just comes and hits you over the head of the shovel, or shoots you, and then that guy steals your gold. Literally the plot of um, Lord of the Rings, <laughs> oh, when um, <laughs> Smeagol kills his cousin, because he finds a ring. Like... Just picture that in uh, Montana. I guarantee that happened so frequently there. Mm-hmm. And then they just like threw the body in the river or just dug it like underneath a tree somewhere. And they're six feet down. Actually, probably not even. Two feet down now yep. in a shallow ditch. Didn't get their last rites. If they were Catholic, then that right there is going to be like, wow, I am going to haunt this place. I would haunt this place. I would haunt that place every night. I'd be so pissed off. I'd fucking kill that guy. <laughs> <laughs> On the scare scale, where, where are you placing this? Give me a one to ten. Ooh, if I was there alone at night. You're there alone at night. Ooh, this is this is like... <laughs> you got one little flashlight. Yeah, this is a solid eight. Yeah, imagine... because And then all the buildings are wood. So mm-hmm. if you were inside one of them and you heard footsteps, that was like... That would be the clearest footsteps you've ever heard in your entire life. Yeah, and then you're not even... Like, we haven't even touched upon skinwalkers or aliens that oh, just yeah. live out there. They have so much lore. Yep. I would be... I'd be afraid of my own shadow out there. <laughs> Jesus. Imagine, like, if you were sitting in that hotel, like, just sitting midnight 1 a.m. and you heard something walking towards you in a pitch black room i would flip out i'll fr- jump through the window i'd be fine because i'd be three sheets into the fucking wind <laughs> after drinking a like the most bottom shelf whiskey i could have sure. drink not a sarsaparilla <laughs> yeah three shots of that with my straw cowboy hat there you go and my daisy dukes on <laughs> that's now that's terrifying actually you probably hear the spirits running the other way all of them <laughs> screaming <laughs> I think I'd throw, I'm throwing this up there at like a seven. I would hate to be at this place in the middle of the night alone. F*** that. 
I think it also plays into it's in the middle of nowhere. So even if you get out of this town, yeah. you have miles until you can reach Dillon or the other um, towns around the area. Yeah, and it, I mean, it says that the grounds itself are super haunted, so who knows where you're going to run into. Speaking of which, Skinwalkers, huge thing there, and I know they had major disputes at Bannock before the miners even showed up with numerous Indian attacks. So you could throw that in the mix as well, too. And this land's probably seen so much bloodshed over the course of the last, I don't know, 200 years. Yeah, 8.1. 8.1? I'm going to up mine up to an 8, too, as well. Yeah, horrifying. That's all I got for the old western town. I'm sure we're going to dive into another one at some point, but I feel like Bannocks must be top of the list, other than um, Virginia City is also known to be super haunted. And um, I believe the old Washoe Club, that's in... Virginia City. Remember, that's the one where, like, one of the original episodes of Ghost Adventures where Nick walks and then uh, literally an apparition follows him out of the room. Yeah, that was their initial investigation there. That was the, um, all the evidence that got them, that sprung them onto Travel Channel. Right, yeah, and then it was, because I think they did the old old Washoe Club at the same time they did the Goldfield Hotel where they had the brick get thrown in the original documentary. In Virginia City? Yes, so that's close to Bannock. Um, so that whole area is probably just, man, what a road trip that would be. That would yeah. be so much fun. Man, maybe it is maybe it is the temperature. That just makes sense to me now. Same with um, the fact that it's all wood. Right. And if you go through the the quote-unquote stone tape theory, mm-hmm. which is actually the wood, th- uh, wood tape theory, because I, I just feel like you could, I feel like there's more potential to store things in wood and it's easier than there would be to stone. 100%, I think so. I think like fibers and wood, it would be so much more, we've got to get really really out of the box here like for energy to flow into and, and absorb and get absorbed instead of stone that i feel like the pores in most stones are so minimal and 80 percent of our listeners just hit the <laughs> the skip button these guys are f- crazy <laughs> these guys uh the from supernatural the the jewish guy when he watches sam and dean burn the body these guys are insane. <laughs> These guys are that's insane. that's what everyone's thinking right now. But I I mean I believe you. I've, I'm with that. That makes sense to me. Yeah, and I mean I like that theory. I like that theory a lot. I want to trademark it. We already did it. So <laughs> sorry everybody. I think we've said this before, but this feels like another Diatlov pass where I feel like we um we solved it. There's a big milestone that we just hit. Yeah. Now that we came up with these great theories, now we just need to keyword implement them. So we got to do a little uh, testing, a little hypothesis coming in. But yeah, so that's our episode on ghost towns. If anybody has ever been to Bannock and or any other Western ghost town and had a like cool paranormal experience, please drop us a line. We are at Brown Brothers Haunting Hour on Instagram. Come follow us there. We do a lot of fun stuff. Um, and also, if you guys are still looking for merch, we got a couple teas left, and we're looking to get those out to people who want them. So um, jump into the link in our bio on Instagram, and you can find us that way. Um, or just hit us with a DM or something, and we'll ship them out to you. Yeah, we want to say a huge thank you to all of our listeners and followers who did buy our merch. We sold out of smalls, mediums, koozies are almost gone. We have a couple larges and some XLs left. Yeah. So those are the sizes if you guys want any of those. Um, we just, like, the support that you guys have given us, we, it was, it was unbelievable. So Le- we want to, we want to say thank you. Leaps and bounds on what I was projecting actually to happen. Um, which means we're going to do it again. This October, 100%. I'm into it. And we also got our live show coming up. I got to start practicing. Man. It, it's just public speaking, Sokka. Nobody's good at that. Well, it's just like me and you. 
But right. what if we dim everyone around us, but it's just like the lights on us? That, that's not bad, right? <laughs> I'm sweating. No, I still want to do uh, like me and you two stools, and then we're going to do the same exact setup, but then we're going to have a bunch of red candles behind us. Two stools, are we facing each other? Are we facing, facing the crowd? Okay. And then Quinn can stay in the middle of us in the giant Grim Reaper costume. I love it. <laughs> I love it. And then somebody's going to bring me a nice cold beer, and we're off and running, baby. I'm going to need like a shot before we do that. I like that. But all right. Um, you want to take this outro? I did the last one, I think. Well, other than that, we are less than 100 days to Halloween. Holy sh**. That's right. So that's going to lead this outro. So make sure you all get your costumes ready. And if anyone is going to be a sexy um, a sexy cowboy or a sexy cowgirl, mm-hmm. you let us know. <laughs> you send us a pic and we will throw you on the gram. I will, uh, I'll do a couple's costume with somebody if they're going to be a hot cowgirl in Daisy Dukes. Oh, man. <laughs> Yeehaw. Yeehaw.